We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are you crying? No. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. You think football is still fun? Uh, yes. Sir. Yes, no. No? Sir, sir uh, it was fun. Not anymore, though, is it? Is it? No, not by No, it's not fun anymore. Not even a little bit. Just look at that. He hit the fall. That gets a free stay. <laughs> you having fun yet? Oh, yeah. I'm having a blast. Thanks. Good. All right, welcome back to Big Screen Sports, the sports movie podcast brought to you by Blue Wire Podcast and our wonderful Big Screen Sports Patreon group. I'm your host, Kyle Banduho. Uh, today is not a, a normal Big Screen Sports episode. We have a great one coming for you on Monday. Uh, if you want to know where that episode is, what that episode is going to be, you can check out our Patreon group where that scheduling info is always updated. But uh, today is just a little throwback because it's Masters Week because I am uh, sitting in my office absolutely uh, watching the Masters. Not, not, not doing too much work here on a Friday. Um, just taking in, the, uh, taking in Augusta. Going to do a quick little throwback. We didn't do a golf movie this April, but a few years ago, I think two years ago now, which is bonkers, uh, did Happy Gilmore, the great Happy Gilmore, with the great Wes Blankenship. You can catch Wes over on Outsider. Uh, you can catch his his Coffee Town. Uh, I think he does them on YouTube or he does them on Twitter. I don't know. His, it's just incredible. Wes is a great guy, been a great guest on this show, does great work over at Outsider, uh, over at, um, you know, with all this Georgia sports stuff. He's, he's an Atlanta broadcast guy. Um, huge fan of Wes. So go check out his stuff. But this is just a little throwback. We covered Happy Gilmore two years ago. This is just our breakdown of the best scenes in Happy Gilmore. You know, gold jacket, green jacket, who gives a shit? Good time to, to re-up this one if you want to listen to the full episode. You know, it's on our feed. Everything's pretty evergreen. Go check that out. And uh, we will holler at you guys on Monday with a very special, another Nick Cage-themed episode. We'll holler at you with that on Monday. See you then. Let's get into best scene. And this was very difficult for me because, you know, on this on this pod, we just, we run it down, you know, chronologically nominate a few scenes, pick one. There is something in every single scene in this movie that's mm -hmm. great. Like there's there's, there's, not there's a a something one. quotable. Yeah, there's no it's filler. Like, yeah, it's it's all really good. Like hockey tryouts are really funny. It's not one of the best scenes in the movie, but it's it's really funny. Um, you know, happy hitting the guy that shouldn't have been standing there out front of his grandma's house. That yeah. like 
that's really funny. You know, when he meets Chubbs at the driving range, the ninth green at nine, there's so much stuff that you wouldn't consider like a super iconic scene, but it's something that someone has said in past. Like, how often are you out golfing or someone make a joke? Oh, I shouldn't have been standing there all the time. that guy he shouldn't have been standing there oh man yeah i mean i try not to be that guy that hits into the group um but ahead of you or or onto the wrong fairway <laughs> but but it happens you know and uh and you give them a little wake-up call you gotta you gotta let them know and sometimes it's a little too late you yell four and you don't even know where your shot's going i mean you are hitting it like jordan Spieth. And, and that's not a good thing right now um, to hit your drive like Jordan Spieth because it's going to the right, it's going to the left. Um, but yeah, that's that's a, an instant quotable line when you're out playing golf with your buddies. Yeah, and there's stuff like that littered throughout this movie. In every single scene, there's something. But the first scene I've got is, is a standalone, is the Waterbury Open, which is where this movie really gets going because we meet Shooter McGavin, uh, happy doubles the first hole and then knocks a guy out. I feel like right there he's, he's done. I feel like they're like, okay, you're, uh, you're off the course. We're, we're calling security. Yeah. Yeah. When he, when he pulls the shirt over the guy and punches him out. Yeah. Good shot. It's about time. Hey, it is about time. I mean, I just couldn't get the ball in the hole. I wanted to, but I just couldn't do it. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, when the the guy's talking shit about him and and Happy just walks over and knocks him out. Like, it's also, it's kind of astounding to think about how Happy actually won that single-day tournament to to win a PGA Tour card because you got to think it's kind of like the Corn Fairy Tour where everyone is just gunning for birdies and the winning score is probably like a 61. (laughs) So Happy doubles one. Uh, We see him hit at least one ball in the water because he, he dives in and finds it. Even if he finds it, that's still a penalty. Um, and then he has three stroke, like he, what, four putts to win it when he, when it just tap it in, like how did, how did happy win this, win that day? I mean, the, the, uh, he must've driven every other green. Yeah. Well, he just has intestinal fortitude, unlike any other golfer on the tour. And that's, I think that's the most realistic thing. I I don't want to jump the gun, uh, on our talking points, but that is the most realistic thing I think about any golfer that's successful is he finds a way, she finds a way to block out the things that could trip you up. And that's like Happy's biggest struggle. That Shooter McGavin's not the biggest villain in the movie. Happy Gilmore is his own biggest villain when it comes to being successful at golf because he can't control his temper. He can't block out the little things. And once he finds a way to do that, he's unstoppable. Um, and that's like, like I think about Brooks Kepka. Like that guy's mind is like an iron trap, you know? He's a killer. Yeah, there is nothing that's going to distract that guy. And that's what putting comes down to. And that's what, what Happy says when he walks past Shooter and says, Happy, what does he, what does he say? Someone, look who learned how to putt, you know? That's like the moment where he's like, oh my gosh, he's mastered the mental part of the game. 
you can't stop him. Because what you're saying about you know Happy being his own worst enemy, we see that the next scene I've got is kind of just the the initial tournament run. You know the the first his first tournament where he's he's paired with Kevin Nealon. Uh, he gets reprimanded by Virginia and cleaning up his act. But the whole thing is the whole thing is Happy is just a sideshow. And that it, you see, though, the the rise of the Happy Gilmore fans and how much that's bothering Shooter and it like culminates in Happy killing the gator that took Chubbs's hand. That's a it's one of the more enjoyable parts of the movie. It's probably like the the least plot driven. It's just like we're getting to see Happy start to play golf and just be this ridiculous sideshow. He's out there signing boobs and chugging beers on the course and stuff. It's it's a lot of fun. It's just that classic uh sports montage you know it, it, like carl weathers in, in rocky you know it reminds you of that when you watch it <laughs> <laughs> just a, a little a little more beer a little bit and, and if possible a little less uh, a little less carl weathers the next scene i've got is is something that we just discussed a few minutes ago it is the the pro-am with bob barker which that scene will always it, i mean it's always going to be the jackass scene mm-hmm. yeah and, and the the jackass the heckler, all he cares about is going to Red Lobster with Shooter. <laughs> Your boy Justin Thomas would have had that heckler ejected on hole one. I mean, to oh, yeah. be fair, to be fair, every golfer would have had that guy ejected on hole one. But that's like that's one of the most unrealistic parts of the movie. Is like the second that guy screamed out "Jackass," it'd be like, "All right, buddy, time to go." Oh, for sure. And that's that's one thing I love about the fact that this movie was made in 1996. Uh, it still has like. There's no golf, there's no fans out there like if they wanted to realistically make this film today, you know, everyone would have a cell phone, you know, or or some sort of like camera distraction, you know. It still feels like timeless golf in a way, which it, which which adds to some of the charm of the movie. But yeah, that guy would have been booted so quick. Happy would have been taking a lot of selfies with fans that look like bikers. Oh yeah, in in the in the <laughs> yeah. And the the thing that works too is at that point in the movie, realistically, Happy's like controlled his temper until he fights Bob Barker. But that guy doesn't know how close he comes probably to getting his own uh, like punch out moment. But because Happy is like trying to work on his inner peace, he can't do anything about it. I mean, Shooter says it best. You, you choose not to fight that guy. You, you fight Bob Barker. But one of the best parts about that scene, one of like a very underrated, very funny moment of this movie, it's not a line or anything. It's when Barker is walking away after beating up Happy and he does like the air one-two punch oh, yeah. after the fight. Like I still <laughs> it got it. kills me. <laughs> it kills me every single time. I wonder how many real fights Bob Barker has been in. What if Bob Barker was just kicking ass in the in the fifties? Whenever he was in his prime, when was Bob Barker born? Has to have been. I don't know, man. He's got that Nelson Mandela effect, though. Like I, I swear, I, I'm I'm glad he's still with us, but it, it's kind of surprising. Yeah. So Bob Barker was born in 1923. My gosh. So oh, okay. So Bob Barker was in his tw- like hit his twenties during World War II. Bob Barker like. Yeah, Bob Barker was uh was fighting. Oh, for sure. You had to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was in, okay. Yeah, he was in the Navy during World War II. Yeah, Bob Barker yeah. is has he's he's swung at somebody. I respect that man. I mean, I believe he could still do the Price Is Right if he really if he really wanted to. He probably just felt like 
it's time for me to give up the stage. Yeah. He's just that it's, kind it's, of guy. Yeah. God, God bless Bob Barker. And it's funny that people our age, this is what we know Bob Barker for this just as much as we do. Uh, the price is right. Oh, no doubt. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The next scene I've got is uh, the, the training montage when Chubbs trains Happy using mini golf and putting, and then uh, and then Happy accidentally kills Chubbs. Yeah, that's that that really takes a turn, doesn't it? It does, it does. And also a fun fact from the trivia: the the clown, the laughing clown, that was Adam Sandler's voice, which is something we probably could have guessed, honestly. I would have, yeah, I would have thought it was either him or um, one of those guys in his in his crew. That's all. That's in all of his movies. You know, uh, I don't, I don't know their names, but one of them is his, his caddy, the scruffy. That is Alan, Alan Covert. Yeah. yeah I, I would have uh, guessed he's in a lot of, of the happy guys. Madison stuff. Yeah. The happy Madison crew. The last scene I've got is the tour championship. I could have used more of this, honestly, like golf showdown and, and course banter between Shooter and Happy. I mean, one of the more realistic parts of the movie is that Shooter and Happy actually never play together. And that's usually because Shooter is winning and Happy is not. And, and you know, and before the cut and like Thursday, Friday rounds, Shooter would not would not be playing with Happy. They would right. they would not make that happen. Um, the. The U-shaped putt, the the one where Happy taps it up the green and it comes back, that's great. Just the the mini golf aspect of the final round is, a, is just a lot of fun. Yeah, he just had to go play putt-putt, and then he learned how to read pro uh, greens, like, flawlessly. It's just, it's outrageous. It's incredible. And also, one thing of note, Happy has that freak out after his happy place blows up where Shooter McGavin shows up and starts making out with, uh, with is he grandma. making out with his grandma? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> starts making out with his grandma. And then he takes four swipes at a ball and hits it in the water and it, it only costs him one stroke, <laughs> which is, which is bizarre. Uh, yeah, they did, I guess they didn't really have the best continuity expert, uh, on no. hand. No, they, um, they didn't get a pro golf consultant on this one, I don't think. And I mean, the movie doesn't really suffer from it. It's not as though this is Tin Cup or a movie trying to take itself very seriously, but that was something I know. Um, and then the classic, something um, something that has also like permeated the golf lexicon, something you say when you're out with your friends, oh, you got to play it as it lies. 
Um, it, it's always the best when your buddy has like a shitty lie, like you're playing on a bad day or something and like there's standing water, you know, like puddles in the fairway and stuff. And it's just like your ball stuck in a puddle. And it's like, Oh, got to play it as it lies. Yeah. <laughs> He's such a, yeah. I mean, that is definitely something a, a pro would do. Um, I mean, just look at the Patrick Reed, Rory McElroy blow up from, from earlier this year where Patrick Reed's wife got busted on the burner account. Like, that's the kind of stuff that if if pros have a chance to call each other out for or enforce, they're going to do it. Before we pick best scene, you mentioned Patrick Reed. So it, it's something I wanted to ask you earlier. Who do you is who, who are the pro golf comps to happy and who are the pro golf golf comps to shooter? Because shooter, I feel like, is an obvious Patrick Reed comp. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think you're wrong. I also think that Shooter is a good representation, not of every pro golfer. I think a lot of the younger guys coming up are just so much more transparent because they know that they have to be because they're on social media all the time. But Shooter's like the just that classic representation of the pro athlete that you don't actually want your kid to meet, if that makes sense. Like in the 90s, I know it was like such a shock. And look, I'm a huge Tiger fan, but it was a huge shock for me to hear from some of my friends that had gone to the the Bell South Classic, which is a real throwback, uh, in, in around Atlanta, that they tried to get Tiger's autograph, and like he he was like so zoned in, he didn't want to give an autograph, you know. And that's the kind of thing when you're a kid, like that shatters your whole world, right? It's like you you see this one persona with the media, which is shooter talking to the media and talking about you know they must put something in the water you know but behind the scenes he's obviously just a total ass you know so i think in a way they nail that that uh split personality that a lot of professional athletes used to be able to get away with which is which is interesting um but yes in the modern day game i gotta think it's someone like DeChambeau or uh patrick reed is probably the equivalent for shooter and then for happy happy's got some bryson in him too just in terms just of skills the, the distance yeah for sure um you know maybe maybe someone like ricky fowler who's just a little bit more of an unconventional guy it brings an unconventional background to the game you know he's a he's a dirt bike guy you know but he also plays golf like i feel like that's somewhat comparable uh happy might have a little anthony kim in him as well yeah yeah, just just someone that doesn't necessarily fit that like milk toast background, you know, because every single one of those golfers on tour, if they aren't like really competing by age, I've, like statistically speaking, if they're not going out there and competing in tournaments at a high level by like age seven, they're not going to make it. Um, and that's that's just crazy how early you have to hit that ceiling in that sport yeah yeah no it's happy is very much kind of a flash forward to a new age of golfer in terms of being a very transparent personality and being allowed to have a personality where shooter is very much how we saw golfers growing up mm-hmm. kind of like you said it's very stuffy very i mean golf until tiger golf was not that cool and even after tiger there weren't many guys like you wouldn't objectively say no one Phil Mickelson was not cool until he became like the king of content. Um, objectively, it was like Tiger. And then suddenly in the last 10 years, we've had this influx 
of guys who are not only young and like it helps that the clothing and golf has gotten better, but uh, guy, guys have also gotten more transparent on social media and had their personality mm-hmm. shine more and just having a lot more fun. And you can see that as a fan. And Happy Gilmore is kind of a, a weird flash forward to that. But yeah, uh, no, it's it's interesting you bring that up. I, I have never thought about that, how Tiger really came on the scene around 97. I and mean, it's when he won his first Masters. Um, and this movie comes out before that movement. So, I mean, for anyone anyone in the sports world at large watching this movie, I bet this, this was even more outrageous because you probably had much more of a stuffy outsider view of golf if you didn't play it. Yeah. I think, I mean, this movie certainly didn't bring as much, uh, as much publicity to golf as Tiger Woods did, but I, I feel like it certainly helped certainly helped pick up the perception of golf. Cause I really, I mean, there was very little golf in pop culture and yeah. again, golf, golf was a very stuffy white country club sport. Mm-hmm. But Wes, what is the best scene in this movie for you? My favorite scene in the movie is when the ball lands on on as shooter says uh the fat foot of <laughs> what does he say Bigfoot's Frank- 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 Frankenstein's fat foot. Is this your ball? Yes it is. It struck my foot. Doug! Doug, can I get a drop? Oh, uh, the rule says play it as it lies. That's two thus far, Shooter. Oh, you can count. Good for you. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. All right. Just the whole the whole interaction when he turns around and, and says, Well, good for Happy Gilm. Oh my god. And that that like exchange is hilarious. And it, it, it turns into Jaws. Uh <laughs> just <laughs> pestering uh shooter throughout the rest of the round. And I, that that's the scene that my friends and I always quote with one another for whatever reason. And that's the one that, that always sticks with me is, as being the most, uh, just, just the most like effective, powerful one liner, I guess. It's so good. It's so good. Uh, I, I've got to defer to the, uh, the Bob Barker, the fight. It is, I mean, the price is wrong, bitch. Yeah. It just, it's just incredible. Incredible stuff. The price is wrong, bitch. I think you've had enough. No? Now you've had enough. Bitch. Um, but I mean, you could, you could pick any two minute stretch from this movie and I wouldn't think you're wrong. I can't think of a bad two minute stretch. No, I mean, it's like, it's like I said earlier, there is no filler. Uh, when, I mean, any of the happy place scenes are iconic. I got my hand back happy. Like (laughs) it's just, it's just beautiful. It, It is like, 
there's there are some real like obviously funny but touching moments in that movie as well even the date friends listen to endless love in the dark yeah yeah with the uh the zamboni driver singing endless love as the scene fades out it's just awesome you know i don't know if adam sandler comes up with those in his movies or not but some of them are really some good ideas for a date if you're able to pull them off like he he is like uh if he is coming up with these things he's like a hopeless romantic that is like nailing these fictional ideas but if you if you're like trying to win the girl and you have access to a zamboni and a and a couple guys that can help you out with the pa and the lighting i mean you you have got your girl that is fantastic it's almost a shame that he's only done one really like legitimately good rom-com in 51st Dates. I know. And every, everything else, I mean, Punch Drunk Love is a little darker. It is I dark. mean, everything else is, wedding singer. you know, yeah. But, oh, yeah, Wedding Guy, I forgot about the Wedding Singer. Well, with 51st yeah. Dates, I think that's what I'm talking about is like a lot of those, I, I don't know if he came up with them or not, so I don't want to give him all the credit. If, if that's not where the credit needs to go, probably some screenwriter that uh, deserves more of it, but... That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Like that spirit shines through of like just being a uh, uh, a good a good date. You know, just just being thoughtful. You know, and it's like, man, I'm gonna have to file that one away to surprise my wife at some point because he in Fifty First Dates he literally has to come up with fifty of them, and he does it. They don't always. Hey guys, Adam Sandler will will help you get your girl. Take some notes. You know, now for Fifty First Dates. Maybe not all of them are doable because he's in Hawaii, and that's that's kind of like that's kind of cheating. But you don't have enough time to train a penguin for that either. Exactly, you've got to. That one takes a little bit more work. <laughs> Wes, let's take a quick ad break and get back with the best quote. Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.